Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Mimiverse Monthly Audiocast. I am your host, Christopher R. Mim, the writer and director of the series of Mimiverse films, of which you are no doubt familiar. I appreciate you being here, and I'm very excited because this episode is the May 2015 episode of the Mimiverse Monthly, and this is a very exciting month because this is Premiere Month. Premiere Month. Premiere Month, which means in just, oh, what, roughly 20 days from the beginning of May, we will be releasing Danny Johnson Saves the World, the 10th film in the Mimiverse series, and I am extremely excited for you all to see it, because it turned out to be a very good movie. I'm very proud of all the people that helped me make this film, especially the kids who appear in it. They worked very, very hard and gave their absolute best performances. And though it is challenging working with children, I have to say that it was not unpleasant. Challenging at times, yes, but not unpleasant. So, for the monthly audio cast this month, I... I I don't have much to say, because usually I start this whole thing by telling you what's going on in the Mimiverse, and there's really only one very important thing going on in the Mimiverse right now, and that is the world premiere of Danny Johnson Saves the World, which will take place on May 20th at the Heights Theater in Columbia Heights, Minnesota. As of the release date of this audio cast, Tickets are still available from SaintEuphoria.com. Go to SaintEuphoria.com and click on the merchandise heading. From there, you should see a drop-down that says something to the effect of Premier Tickets. Go there and order them. Otherwise, if you just click on that merchandise link, it will take you right to where you can buy tickets. There are still, as of right now, about 10 tickets left for the Night Before the Thing pizza party, which takes place on May 19th, Tuesday night, from 6 to 10 o'clock. We will be having pizza, we will be hanging out, we're going to do some Mimiverse trivia, we're going to have some fun. Mostly we're just going to hang out and pat ourselves on the back for how awesome we are. And you can be a part of that. We'll pat you on the back, you can pat us on the back. We There's, there's no rules, really. But a lot of the cast and crew will be there celebrating, and we will have uh, pizza and probably cake. Plus, because it is sort of a kid's movie, we wanted to do a bit of a kid's party. So we are thinking of doing some fun games. Who knows? It's still up in the air. Perhaps we'll give out cool stuff. And don't forget, if you sign up to be a part of that pre-party, you can also pre-order a special exclusive t-shirt for the night which you will only be able to get at that event. Therefore, I highly recommend you do that. Again, there are only 10 tickets left as of right now. There may be fewer by the time you hear this, so you better get on it, or you're going to miss out. Advanced tickets to the world premiere at the Heights are still available as of the release of this, but as it has been in the last five or six years, they are selling quickly. And there is no guarantee they will not sell out. In fact, they may just very well sell out. And if you can't go, well, don't say I didn't tell you that this was a possibility. Don't say that I didn't warn you. 
and you don't want to miss out because these are fun events and sadly there is no plans as of right now to do any more this may very well be the end sad as it sounds it is true as of right now there are absolutely no plans for any future Mimiverse films this may be it so I'd highly recommend that if you've ever wanted to go and be there at one of these really fun parties, and they are really fun parties, believe me, just exciting, different. It's an experience, it truly is, and we've always done this since the very beginning. Since the release of The Monster of Phantom Lake back in 2006, we have always tried to do these events as as something cool, as as an experience you won't get anywhere else. And it's not like if you've ever been to another independent movie premiere they're they're generally all the same they introduce the film they show the film they do a Q&A afterwards and that's it we've never done that instead we do it up like a real big Hollywood premiere we get dressed up we show newsreels we show old trailers this time we'll have a canoe cops cartoon we show the movie we do silent auctions we hang out afterwards, we sell merchandise, we have a good time, we sign autographs, we have fun. And people who attend have fun. In fact, a lot of times people will attend one and then just keep coming from that point forward. There are several people who have done this. They have, they, they came to one, say randomly, and from that point forward they made a point to go every single year. They're that much fun. I've had people come up to me and say, hey, this is our tradition. We do this every year. And of course, if you're listening and you're one of those people, there may be some part of you that is probably sad that I'm saying this may be the last one because I'm messing with your tradition. Right now, I'm just, you know, I got to release this one first. I got to do all the stuff that comes along with that, you know, screenings and events and conventions, and then see where I'm at in a month or two and see if I feel like I have the time and the energy and wherewithal <laughs> to even make one. Who knows? Usually toward the end of this process I get a little burned out. And this is no different. Although this does seem a little different. This seems a little more intense than usual. But who knows? The future is unwritten and we simply sometimes have to wait and see what happens. That being said, I... Uh, will be working uh, alongside Adam Bull, who, uh, if I have never mentioned him on this this podcast before, he is a very, very multi-talented musician and composer who has been working on music for a stage musical version of The Monster of Phantom Lake. I have a role in producing this stage musical in that I promised Adam I would write the script. And I promised him after this film, Danny Johnson was done, that I would do just that, and I'm going to keep that promise, because he has a lot of the music already done. So I really need to just get off my butt and write him a script. After that's done, well, who knows what's next? Maybe another movie, maybe a web series, maybe a... I don't know. I just don't know. So with this level of uncertainty, there are very few reasons why you should not attend the world premiere of Danny Johnson Saves the World. It's an excellent film, I promise you. If you're a fan of any of my movies, you'll like this movie. Again, May 20th, at the Heights in Columbia Heights, Minnesota. Advanced tickets are available at stuforia.com. 
in the merchandise section. Please, pick them up, come on down, say hello. If I've never met you before, stop on by, say hi, and let, let me know that you heard about this from the Mimiverse monthly audio cast, because it would be great to know that people are actually listening, because I don't know if people actually listen or not. It's one of the things about podcasting I've learned is that it's very hard to gauge your audience. If you're hearing this, you're listening, and I'd love to know about it. And, honestly, that's all I have to say. Usually I go on and on and on, and I've probably gone on longer than I needed to on this singular subject. However, I don't know what the future holds. What's going on in the Mimiverse? We're releasing a movie on May 20th. That's what's going on, and that's all that matters. If you're unable to come to the premiere, please make sure to visit SaintEuphoria.com. And in the events section of the website, we list several screenings and events and appearances that are coming up in the next year. If one of those is near you, or maybe it's not so near, but near enough, or you just really want to go to an event but can't make the premiere, please join us for one of these cool events, some of which are free. And free ain't bad. Come on down, see the movie, hang out, get to know us, say hello, maybe buy something and we'll sign it, I don't know. If nothing else, come on down and just watch a fun movie that I'm very, very proud of. Honestly, if I entertain you with my work, I feel like I've succeeded. Even if this has never been particularly lucrative for me, I don't even care. It's been entertaining as hell to entertain all of you. And if you are a long-time fan or a long-time listener, or even just new and you really like it, I just want to say thank you. It does mean a lot to me that I've been able to do this for the last 10 years of my life. It's been a crazy, long, strange trip, and I really don't want it to end. But you just never know. Life is unwritten. Life is uncertain. Things happen. Who knows? Either way... Thank you very, very much. And now I want to move into the section of the show that I've been doing the last couple months wherein I, I read Amazon user reviews of my films. There are a couple new ones and a couple old ones I'd like to share with you. And these ones in particular tend to be more on the bad side, but I'd like to share them with you just because I find it cathartic to read what these people think of my work. I'm guessing if you listen to this, you maybe like my work, so you don't necessarily agree. And I believe everyone is entitled to their opinion, however wrong it may be. But they're entitled to it. Let's start. Okay, first one. We'll start with The Giant Spider, and this is the absolute most recent review on Amazon. And it comes from someone named Linda S. Draper. I don't know if that's her actual name, or if she's simply a big Mad Men fan. I don't know. It's, it's very, it's sort of middle of the road. Three stars. And Linda says, My five-year-old spider-obsessed son loved it. Ha <laughs> great. I'm glad your son enjoyed it. I think he would enjoy Danny Johnson Saves the World even more. Plus, if he likes spiders, spiders do make appearances in both House of Ghosts and Destination Outer Space. Both films which are available. Your son will love them. Moving on to... It Came From Another World. 
This is the most recent one by Dr. Richard J. Sojka. S-O-J-K-A. And here's what he had to say. He gave it one star. And his review is very straight and to the point. This is one of those movies that is intentionally bad. Parts are funny because it spoofs the 50s sci-fi. Thrilling dialogue like, Quick, turn left on 3rd Street because there's less traffic. Okay. That's it. That's the entire thing. So, uh, yep. Sorry we couldn't entertain you, Doctor. But next, we have Cave Women on Mars. And this one is a bit older, but I'd like to read it anyway. Uh, it's by B.D. King, and was posted in 2013. And it's, it's only two stars. And there's just some things about this that I found interesting. Uh, but the, the title is Pretty Hokey. And they say, I enjoy low-grade sci-fi. This was not that good. The special effects are very poor, the storyline is weak, and the characters never develop to the point where you can empathize or care for them. Forget suspension of disbelief. Mars becomes an American Midwestern landscape with swords and sandals females ruling lame men. Two months after I watched this movie, I cannot recall a single redeeming scene. One virtue, it does allow escapism. Well, hey, you know what, BD? Sometimes escapism is all you really want, right? Sometimes some of the best movies are just a pure form of escapism. Sounds like I almost entertained you, and that, that's pretty awesome. Thanks for watching. Moving on. This one is one of the very few on Amazon for Destination Outer Space. I think there are only three. Let's see, uh, there's, there's two I'm going to read, actually, from this. One says, One Star, and it's by Joe Sutsko. They watched it in 2014, and this is what Joe had to say. One star is being generous. This movie needs to down a black hole. Uh, hmm. This movie needs to down a black hole. I, either... The movie needs to swallow a black hole, which sounds like a terrible idea. Simply be well, maybe that. I mean, that would destroy the movie, right, from the inside out, kind of an implosion kind of thing. Or they simply forgot a, a word. This movie needs to go down a black hole. To seriously, I don't know. I I just ask if you're going to to give a bad review for my film, please check your spelling and grammar. Thank you. Next. This is another one for Destination Outer Space, and it was written also in 2014 by someone named P.E.G. P.E.G.E.E. P.E.G. I don't know if it's a real person. Something about that sounds fake. They gave it one star, and their title was Stupid Movie. Should have spent the money on the homeless would have been a greater thing to do than this just awful child's play. Did people really get paid to do this? Here's the best part. No. No, they didn't. They did not get paid to do this. No one did. We all did it for free. And that's the best part. Thanks for watching, Joe Sutsko and PEG. Perhaps this was simply not your bag. Maybe you should try out one of the other films. You might like them. Now this last one is for House of Ghosts. 
And I don't know that we have read any of the House of Ghosts ones yet. But, um, yeah, let's see. This one, it's a very creative review. I guess. House of Ghosts by Terry Monkeys. And I don't know if that's really their name. Terry Monkeys. I've never met anyone with the last name Monkeys. But this is what Terry had to say about House of Ghosts. He or she, Terry being a unisex name, gave it one star and said, I didn't get it. All aspects of this movie did nothing for me. It was difficult to tell if they were trying for comedy, scary, or camp. Wish I had my money back. The ghosts in the house were the actors, transparent and barely there. That was pretty good. I mean, it was like you played on the whole ghosts thing and the house. And, like, ghosts are transparent, I guess. Even though in House of Ghosts they really aren't. But, I guess traditionally ghosts are thought of as transparent. Granted, I don't think anyone's ever actually seen one. So, I don't know. I'm sorry we didn't entertain you, Mr. or Mrs. Monkeys. Perhaps next time. Or, may I suggest, watching The Giant Spider. People seem to like that one. And that's it for Amazon reviews of the Mimiverse films. Always entertaining-ish, and always knocks my ego down a peg, which I kind of like sometimes. Because I'll admit, I can be an egomaniac. I like talking about myself. It's kind of a thing. So on that note, I'm going to throw it to Dr. Bob Tesla of Midnight Monster Movies with Dr. Bob, who has another great bad joke. And then when we come back, chapter three of our ongoing Canoe Cops serial. See you in a bit. <laughs> it is I, Dr. Bob Tesla, with your Mimiverse Joke of the Month. We actually have two jokes for you this month. The first one goes like this. A man has come back from the doctor's appointment, and his wife can see that he's very upset, and so she's like, what's wrong? How did it go at the doctor's today, honey? And the man's like, well, the doctor told me I have to take medication every day for the rest of my life. And... The wife is confused, and she says, well, what's so bad about that? There's, that's okay. And the man says, the doctor only gave me four pills. The second joke is in honor of the Canoe Cop short that will be playing before the premiere of Danny Johnson Saves the World. Because we love the Canoe Cops so much, this joke is just for them. Where do you find the trees at Phantom Lake? Between the twos and the fours, don't you know? Come out May 9th to the Gateway Film Center for Octoman presented in Percepto. And I will see all of you at the premiere of Danny Johnson Saves the World. Man, Dr. Bob is the best. Now, it's that time you all probably skip ahead to in the show, which is the continuing saga of the Canoe Cops. Yes, it's time for another chapter in the Canoe Cops Adventure, written by Stephen D. Sullivan. This month we have Chapter 3, and it is entitled The Incident at the Lakeshore, a.k.a. The Strange Hitchhiker. And here we go. I tell you, Sven, she was a very weird girl. Weird in what way, Gustav? Weird like one of those UFO contactees? Weird like someone who spotted the Phantom Lake Monster? Weird like a girl who likes chocolate sauce on her Friday fish fry. 
please quantify this girl's strangeness for me. Well, old friend, I'm not sure that nailing it down is quite so easy to do. There were a number of things that just didn't seem right. But, you know, we are canoe cops, and we are supposed to render services to those in need, are we not? Of course we are, Gustav. You didn't get to be a sergeant in the service by ignoring the needs of the public. I certainly did not. Though, frankly, between this incident and the trouble Officer Kelton had a while back, some days I'm not so certain. Perhaps we should have had this conversation in a bar rather than a malt shop. What? Are you kidding? The attic makes the best malts in all of Phantom Lake County. Look, Gustav, why don't you just give me the facts, and then I can form a theory. And by theory, I suppose you mean some wild conspiracy, as is your wont. <sighs> Very well, Sven. Here's my story. It's getting late in the afternoon, near the end of my shift, and I'm paddling around the eastern edge of Lower Phantom Lake, heading back toward town and a well-deserved rest. Perhaps I'll find someone back at the office to share a bite of dinner, I think. I must admit that you are not the person I intended to sup with, Sven. I'd hope for a companion of the fair sex, one of the paddle girls, perhaps. Margot, Paula, or even Shannon. Ha! Shannon, you like to set your sights high, don't you, Gustav? Hmm. Yes, but never mind that now. As I said, I'm paddling my canoe around the edge of the lake, not too far from Gordon's Causeway. You know, near the old dirt road that runs down by the shoreline, that, that deserted track that campers often use. I'm finishing up my patrol, thinking about the end of the day and dinner and what else I might do this evening, when what do I spot? The weird girl? Well, yeah, exactly. Not a great leap of deduction, considering I gave away the answer at the start of our conversation. I see this young woman, wearing a thin white frock, I might even call it a nightgown, walking barefoot down the dirt road away from town. What does she look like? She's not too tall, and she has long black hair that drapes down over her shoulders. Even from a good distance away, I could tell that she's sporting quite a bit of jewelry. The gold of it glitters in the late afternoon sun. And, as I said, she's wearing this white almost nothing of a dress. I'd guess her age is somewhere between 19 and 23. Her complexion is smooth, flawless, and she has a dark tan that would be envied even in one of those beach party movies that are popular with the teens nowadays. Also, and most saliently, she's drenched to the skin from head to foot, so despite the alluring distraction of her curves as revealed by her wet, flimsy outfit, I can't help but think that this girl must be in some kind of trouble. Perhaps she was out parking with her boyfriend and something went wrong, I muse knowing that this section of road is very popular for submarine races and other similar activities with the teenage set. This poor thing wouldn't be the first girl to walk home after slapping a date who got fresh, nor would she be the first to get thrown into the lake during a juvenile frolic. So there she is, bejeweled from crown to bare feet and soaked to the skin just wandering down the road. But I notice she's heading away from town, not toward it and I find myself very concerned that she might catch her death a cold before she discovers her way back to civilization. Knowing my duty, I paddle over next to shore and I call to her. Excuse me, miss. Are you in need of assistance? Are you lost? She turns toward me, Sven, and I swear she has the most stunning green eyes I have ever seen, almost like gleaming emeralds set into her dusky face. Her long black hair glistens as if oiled in the afternoon sunlight. She tilts her head for a moment, curious, and then smiles at me and says, Why, yes, I suppose I am lost. Her voice is as warm as a summer breeze. She has a lilting accent, which I'm not quite able to place. North African, perhaps? And her smile, 
Well, that smile is almost enough to make me forget about her enchanting eyes. Pretty near sounds like you're in love there, eh, old pal? Love, Sven? Nonsense. I'm just trying to convey the power of the initial impression that this girl made upon me. I was so impressed, in fact, that I did not, at first, even notice the strangeness of her habiliments. But I'll get to that in a moment. Hop into the canoe, I say. I'll give you a lift back to town. She nods politely, never taking her stunning eyes off of me, and steps nimbly into my conveyance, taking the seat near the bow. I push away from shore and begin paddling toward town and canoe cop headquarters. The girl faces forward, tracking her progress as we go, occasionally dipping her fingers into the cool, clear waters of Lower Phantom Lake. As I noticed earlier, when I stopped to talk to her, I was under the impression that she was merely a jilted teenager. As we travel, though, I began to doubt my initial assessment. For one thing, she does not carry herself like a normal adolescent. Though she appears young, there's a regality in her demeanor not found in your average Wisconsin farm girl. Also, there's the dress, which I now perceive is not your ordinary white summer frock. Rather, it seems to be fine cotton, perhaps hand-spun, and so thin as to be almost transparent, even if it were not wet. Ha <laughs> ha, I bet you enjoyed that, even though you'll deny it. Ugh, why should I bother? And then there's that jewelry I mentioned. At first I thought it were mere costume frippery, but now I can see that it, like the dress, is of much better quality than I first observed. It appears to be hand-beaten gold, highly polished and set with a variety of cut glass and semi-precious stones. Cunningly worked anklets circle above her bare feet, and she has bracelets of similar craftsmanship on her biceps and slender wrists. Sparkling tiara, fronted by a rearing golden cobra, rests on her forehead. Most impressive of all, though, is the bejeweled necklace that hangs out her throat. It features twin-winged goddesses in the Egyptian style, flanking a scarab whose back is a single red carnelian the size of a half dollar. All in all, this strange waif looks as though she might have just stepped out of a somewhat risque production of Aida. Sensing my gaze, the woman, for I realize now that this is no mere jilted farm girl, but a fully grown, if youthful, adult, turns those hypnotic green eyes upon me. You like my necklace? she asks in her charmingly accented voice. I, I'm sorry, I say. I, I did not mean to stare, but it is a lovely pendant. Lovely, she agrees. Perhaps one day I shall find it again. Pardon? I reply, because what she just said makes no sense to me. The necklace hangs about her throat. Why would she need to find it? And she merely smiles at me, and then... And then... And then what? And then, the next thing I remember, I'm waking up flat on my back, staring up at the gunwales of the canoe and the late afternoon sky above. I sit up and discover that my canoe is drifting in toward the docks in front of Canoe Cop HQ. But the woman, this strange, enchanting naiad, is gone. I see no sign of her either in the canoe, on shore or in the water, though I spend several frantic moments searching to make sure she had not fallen overboard. And that's the end of the story. That's all there is. One moment I was bringing this lovely creature to headquarters, and the next she was gone, as if she'd never existed. Ha <laughs> ha, I had to tell you, Gustav, old buddy, but it sounds to me like you were just dreaming. You know, long day out paddling the lake in the hot summer sun, thinking about home and cold beer and maybe a woman to share it with. Those kinds of things can make a guy doze off. I know, I've been there myself. I did not fall asleep. At least... I don't think I did. I mean, the seat where the woman had been sitting was a little damp when I woke up. So she has to be real, doesn't she? 
Or maybe you're just seeing ghosts, like our own Officer Ed Kelton. Rubbish. I'm sure there has to be a logical explanation. I was an idiot, though, to believe that you, Sven, would be the one to help me find it. Your head is far too cluttered with alien abductions and... I say, who's that girl who just came in with Lieutenant Agar? You mean the tall brunette with the killer baby blues? Did the lieutenant just enter this establishment with more than one woman? Yes, of course, that's who I mean. Oh, that's Ben Browning's little girl, Julie. She was diving with Rich earlier today, trying to recover something from that truck that went off the causeway. Looks like Rich got lucky, didn't he? Made a catch of his own, you might say. Quite a dish, isn't she? Yes, quite a dish, as you say. There's something odd here, though. In what way? You see that necklace she's wearing? Sure, why? Well, if I didn't know better, I would swear that's the very necklace that adorned the neck of the weird woman in my canoe. Maybe Egyptian chic is the fashion nowadays. Yes, I suppose it could be. But why don't we go over and ask? I don't know, Gustav. I'm not sure the two of them want any company, if you know what I mean. Yes, I realize that, but... Hang on. I'm afraid my inquiries will have to wait. Here come those dreadful excuses for canoe cops Lars and Uli. Let's duck out of the shop if we can before they spot us. After what I've been through today, I have no desire to spark a confrontation with those Danish dunderheads. I'm going to use the men's room, then I'll meet you out front. Leave some to cover the check, would you? Ah, the canoe cops. I can't wait to see where this is going. This is good stuff. I hope this gets to the point, we've talked about this before, I hope this gets to the point where we get a bound printed version of this story. I love it. That is our show for this month. I hope to see you all at the Danny Johnson Saves the World World Premiere. It's not easy to say, World World Premiere. At the Heights on May 20th, and perhaps you'll be one of the lucky people who nabs one of the few remaining spots for the Night Before the Thing Part 2, the Pizza Party. If not, I hope to see you at an event somewhere soon. If I don't see you this month, hopefully you'll tune in next month for more Mimiverse news and a continuation of the Canoe Cops adventure. I'm Christopher R. Mim, and as I always say, be good. And if you can't do that, be good at it. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon.